Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Don Marsh. Today we have a discussion with longtime Channel 5 anchorwoman Karen Foss. She dominated the local ratings during most of that time until her retirement in 2006. She's a resident of Santa Fe now, but is visiting St. Louis and us. It is so good to see you. I am so pleased to be invited, Don. Thank you so much. And of course, a lot of people did not get their news from me. They got it from Don Marsh, but we'll, we'll give them Well, that. I have to concede that you more got it from you, Karen. <laughs> uh, well, again, nice yes. to have you here. Um, you come back from time to time. Your daughter is Yes, here. my daughter and granddaughter live here. What kind of thoughts go through your mind when you come back here after having been away for a while? Um, you know, my husband's with me today, and um, I enjoy showing him the beauty, the historic beauty in this city, uh, the boulevards, the parks. Uh, there's just, um, I, architecturally, I've always loved St. Louis, and it has been even more enhanced, I think, and I, I just love to see it. Why'd you leave? I, I really want the main thing I was looking for um, was to pursue my interest in art. Mm-hmm. I wanted to study art. And Santa Fe, of course, has a large art community. And I thought, well, with so many great artists there, there must be good instruction. Mm-hmm. And indeed, that's been the case. And I found some good teachers. And uh, it's a great, um, what does Marilyn Mann from Oasis called our, our third chapter, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a wonderful place to pursue that. Looking to be the next Georgia O'Keeffe? Well, maybe Grandma Moses, you know. <laughs> oh, come on. Uh, Georgia started very young and yeah. uh, was very accomplished. And, um, and of course, she is a great master, and Santa Fe is very much infused with her presence. You'll be coming back in a couple of weeks for an, an event associated yes. with the arts. We'll talk about that a little bit later, but first I'd like to get you uh, to listen to this and see if you remember this day. Uh-oh. This has been one of the most emotional days of my life, I'll tell you, and it's all because how difficult it is to say goodbye. First off to you, the viewers, the best viewers anywhere. I've loved hearing from you over the years. I've learned from you when you've corrected my mistakes. You've made me more careful with your high expectations, and you've made me look closer and reach further as I've tried to fulfill your trust. Thank you for 27 wonderful years. You are the best. Karen Foss, the year 2006. Uh, You gave yourself a Christmas present that year, retirement. Yes, (laughs) that's right. You know, I I really... uh, I didn't, you know, you just step off the precipice. It it felt like the right time, and I didn't know what was ahead. I've read people say something, you know, she left to go to work at Ameren. That really isn't the case. Mm -hmm. I had made the decision to leave TV, and then Ameren came calling, and Mm -hmm. it seemed like a great opportunity that I shouldn't pass up. Uh, I wish maybe I'd taken a little more time in between because Mm -hmm. the change in... uh, you know, I was at Ameren, you'd be in meetings at 7.30 or leaving a meeting at 8 o'clock in the morning, and I was used to going to bed at 2 or 3. Mm-hmm. So it was a big shift physically, but it was a, another wonderful experience. Mm-hmm. I'm sure many people remember some of the stories you did with regard to the adoption of your, of right. your granddaughter. Yeah. Uh, for, those oh, who, that, yes. for those who do remember that, yes. how is that family now? Oh, they're just spectacular. And Caroline, who many people do still remember and will speak to me about our trip to China because I accompanied my daughter when she went to adopt Mm -hmm. her daughter. 
and Caroline is now heading off to college. Wow. <laughs> it just, it never Jeez. seems possible, especially yeah. when it's, you know, a friend's child or, <laughs> you know, they just, you turn around and they grow up. And that indeed is the case. Do, do you ever miss uh, the days before the, the lights and the camera? The days before? Uh, the days. Days of? Of, yeah. Uh, well, how about you, Don? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> and most of the time I would say no. Occasionally something happens and I, oh, I, you know, I'd, I'd mm. like to be back in that rush and that adrenaline. Uh, but for the most part, no. It was a, a wonderful career and so many opportunities I wouldn't have had otherwise. But I like my, people will say, what do you do now? I say, I go slowly. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't rush to the dry cleaner on my way to work or have to go to see the dentist on his, you know, one Saturday morning a month. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of reordering your life, and I greatly enjoy it. Do you watch much uh, local news in Santa Fe? Way too much. Really? My husband is also a news junkie uh-huh. and worked in the business, too. He was a producer on the Today Show yeah. years ago. And so we watch an awfully lot. And yes, I want to volunteer to go uh, coach some of the people I see locally. Mm -hmm. The news we get, the local news comes out of Albuquerque. They serve a huge area, all of the state of New Mexico and Mm -hmm. and indeed a little bit of southern Colorado. So their challenge is great. They have such a huge area to cover. Mm -hmm. And but it is typical smaller town TV news Mm -hmm. and. um, People come and go, and they're very young, and some are very good, and others, I really wonder how they got in the business. Yeah. That's happening here as well, and, and your former station has a lot of turnover. Is that right? Yeah, and um, awful lot of crime news. There's not, there's not much news news, uh, it seems, anymore. I know. You know, it makes me—you know, I don't—I always I didn't want to become old and curmudgeonly and I I've certainly gotten old and I think I'm a little curmudgeonly and yeah I I do I suspect I feel very much the same way you do about Mm -hmm. it there is a lot and you and you know the reason for that is crime news is quick and easy and cheap to cover you go to the scene and you've got the you probably have the protagonist, you have the antagonist, and you may even have the resolution of the story, and it's all wrapped up in 45 minutes. And if you've got a crying relative, uh, that doesn't hurt either. That's just the icing on the cake. I've always said that you could go uh, anywhere in the world and cover a murder, a crime scene story. That's a very mm-hmm. good observation. Yeah. But to really dig and find where the yeah. corruption is mm-hmm. or the up-and-coming uh, stars of a community, that takes work and time, and time is expensive, mm-hmm. and that's where the investment is not. Mm-hmm. What stories do you remember most that uh, impacted you the most, aside from the adoption of your granddaughter? Well, that was my favorite, I have to <laughs> say, and I didn't start out to make a story of it. We, you know, I just recorded it for our family. Um, the flood of 93 was a big, mm. big story to me. I mean, it impacted me personally as well as professionally. And I remember I was away and was flying home. And, you know, we're coming in, circling Lambert and getting ready to land. And I looked down and I thought, you know, I didn't know St. Louis had so many lakes around here. Well, it didn't, of course. It was all mm-hmm. flood water. And that was such a big story. It went on for so long and left so much impact afterwards. 
It also was mm-hmm. exciting to me because, exciting, you know, now, now we're talking strictly sure. from a news point. It was a terrible tragedy for those affected, including friends of mine, because I had many up in uh, Grafton and Alton, that area. But um, the great work that our newsroom turned out and our reporters, I felt, really rose to the occasion. I, when I'd go home, I would continue to watch our coverage mm-hmm. because I thought uh, that KSDK just did a, a great job in covering that. It was a story that was certainly made for television. Well, that's true. Yeah. It did. It was, you know, that's why I, I did a brief radio stint, and I admire you. And so many of my friends have gone on to do radio. To me, radio is working with their hands tied behind your back because I love the visual element Mm. of television. And telling that flood story, I mean, there are many talented people I know who covered it for radio. But for me, to see it was the story. Our news director at the time hadn't been here long. And after a few days, you know, in our news planning meetings, he was saying, you know, I'm getting kind of tired of this flooding story. You know, don't you think we've given it enough? And then someone took him up in the helicopter and flew him over St. Louis. And when he saw what the rivers were doing to this mm-hmm. community, uh, it changed his point of view. I remember flying in helicopter <clears throat> over the confluence and looking out at 500 feet. It was like you were looking out over the ocean. There was no land. No land that was the sight. Missouri and the Mississippi. Yeah, yeah right. that was the whole Chesterfield <clears throat> Valley just was... Yeah, it was under a fif- huge, under 15, huge lake. Under 15 feet of water. And how long did it take before they started rebuilding out there? Not very long. I'm worried. <laughs> yeah, well, there's a lot of expensive property out there right now that, uh, you know, if it happened again, that we'd have the same old, uh, same old story. Right. Anything else come to mind that, that uh, you, um, you recall? Big stories. I wish I had reflected on this. I'm not somebody who spends a lot of time no. thinking about... Um, the well, past as much as what's going on in the future. We're, we're going to have to take a break in just a second. Uh, but one of the things I want to talk about when we come back is the fact that we talked about what television is like today, local and, and national. There are more women than ever in the business, it seems to me, today, and really, really making a very impressive uh, impressive mark. Uh, do you see that? I do. I do. And, uh, of course, uh, I consider myself an advocate for women, and I'm yeah. very, very happy to see it. I, uh, I, I see it as a mixed blessing. Yeah. Well, we'll get into that. We have to take that break okay. now. We're talking with Karen Foss. We'll continue that conversation in just a moment. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. Now back to our conversation with Karen Foss. Karen, you said before that break that uh, you found it something of a mixed blessing to have uh, as many women uh, on television, doing television and radio news today. Well, I, for anyone who is capable and willing to do the hard work, I'm all for them. Um, what I saw happening in the newsroom, though, years ago, as it changed, because I was one of the first, <laughs> one of the first women uh, anchoring in local TV. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, behind the scenes was where I was most impressed with the changes where we had women engineers. I mean, that was unheard of when I started working in TV in the Mm. 70s. Um, And a lot of the producers were all women, to the point where I was concerned that among those making news decisions, that we had almost all women. 
And I think there's a value in the newsroom reflecting the community, whether mm. that's racially, uh, education-wise, um, gender. <clears throat> and, and I don't think that either women or men push the news based on gender um, discrimination mm. or preferences. But I think it's important to have all points of view represented mm. and not just one side and the other side. There are many points of view. And I think that all that news judgment is improved when you have the input of both men and women, older, younger, uh, living all over the community. Of course, it was lopsided in the other direction That's f- right. forever before that. Absolutely. Absolutely. One of, uh, one of the first people I worked with, this was in Kansas City years ago, um, I was assigned to work with him. I was an associate producer, and I was asking him a question, just simply trying to learn my job. And he just grabbed the papers out of my hand and said, I don't know why they gave this man's job to a girl anyway. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm in my 30s. I'm raising two kids. I'm going to school at night so I can get a degree. I don't feel like a girl. And that was really offensive to me at that time. Mm -hmm. Years later, our fortunes changed, and he was working for me. (laughs) So... Uh, there have been some monumental changes. How, how delicious is is that? Except, except, <clears throat> and you'll know this is true, Don. He was the camera person and I was the reporter. Who can make you look worse than uh, anybody? Hmm. A cameraman who's not on your side. So uh, we we did forge a good working relationship, a friendship. More than one occasion where you buy the camera person or the engineer lunch. Oh, <laughs> just <laughs> whenever you have the opportunity, right. Some other things I want to talk about, but it occurs to me the time we have left, there are probably some listeners out there who might want to say hi to Karen Foss. If oh, you how do, nice. Do so at 382-8255. That's 382-TALK. Send us an email to talk at stlpublicradio.org or an email uh, yeah, an email to talk at St. Louis Public Radio.org or tweet is what I'm trying to say at STL on air. You started as a secretary, didn't you? Yes, a yeah. fill in secretary yeah. for. Uh, I was studying at uh, UMKC, which is the UMSL yeah, of Kansas sure. City. And uh, in my communications department, one of my professors knew of this job. A woman had was out on medical leave and they needed somebody to be a secretary. And and he told me to um, find a skirt, <laughs> clean myself up, and go uh-huh. apply. Um, because I was a student. I dressed like every other student, uh-huh. uh, jeans and sweatshirts. And so I did that. I got the position. And then I just stayed and stayed and stayed at that mm-hmm. station and grew. And, and they allowed me to grow. And it was a great training ground. Did you have any thought uh, prior to this uh, lightning striking that that this is something you might want to do? Not really. When I went back to school, I had children very young and started college in earnest uh, in my mid-20s. And I saw myself going back and studying art, which had been my interest. At UMKC, I went to take a photography filmmaking class. It was offered in the communications department, not art. And once I got into that department... I thought, well, this is interesting. I could see making a career here. And I envisioned myself as Jacques Cousteau's producer. I never, ever considered Mm -hmm. working on the air. And it was only after I was working at uh, what was then known as KCMO, I was working as a film editor. And I was editing the reporters' news packages Mm -hmm. every day. And I just started thinking, it's that old uh, chorus line song, 
I can do that. Yeah. I could do that. And uh, really basically talked my way in. And the general manager at the time said, I remember he told me I was a diamond in the rough. He was going to take a chance on me, but not to get any ideas about anchoring. Female anchors were a fad in some parts of the country, huh. but there would never be one on his station. 18 months later, Karen Foss was anchoring the news on that station, and that was Charles Maccabee, and he became a wonderful uh, advocate and supporter of mine. But he wasn't ready at first. You were mentioning off the air that another mentor of a sort to you was, uh, unfortunately, now to have to say the late Kim Tucci, who passed away just uh, hours ago, actually. It's so hard to think that way. And he was a good right. friend of yours, wasn't he? He was, and he was one of the first St. Louisans to really reach out to me. Uh, I bought a house in the Central West End right around the corner from one of the pasta house restaurants. And so we got acquainted. And Kim, he, he was just, he just couldn't just be your friend. He had to take over your life, you know. And, but at that time, I knew so little. It was welcome. I mean, he, he took me, he says, well, here's where you need to buy clothes. And he took me out to a shop called Belinda's run by a friend of his, mm -hmm. Beverly Vote, And we became friends. And... Uh, Sharon Tucci, Sharon Lee at the time had her talent agency, and I met Sharon through him. And he just um, was just such a, a great believer in St. Louis. And mm -hmm. if, if he believed in you and wanted to get you and St. Louis in sync, he would do all he could to make that happen. He was just a very generous person. You know, when you think it just, I don't know where he ha found the energy to do mm -hmm. all he did. He I couldn't begin to. He used to laugh at me. He says, you can only do one thing at a time. And I said, no, really not. I'm, I'm pretty good at multitasking, but nobody can keep up with mm -hmm. you, Kim. I've heard many people say that about him uh, recently, certainly, and uh, uh, over the years. He was, just, uh, he was just one of a kind. He was one of a kind, and yeah. St. Louis will miss him dearly. Yeah. Uh, one other thing I wanted to talk to you about was uh, I, I saw in getting ready for this discussion that you had interviewed Donald Trump at some point in your yes. life. <laughs> Got to ask you about that. Years ago, you know, he was entertaining the idea of running for the presidency yeah. as an independent. Um, and I don't know why I was set up to interview him. It was down like in the bowels of what I know, the Savas Center. What's the new name? What is it called today? Oh, God, no, I, who knows? Or does it, is, okay, but anyway, so I go down, you know, this... Uh, <clears throat> labyrinth of hallways and here's Donald Trump sitting in this room and and you have a limited amount of time you know you don't you don't start in with where were you born it's you know you jump right in get your answers okay so you're a successful businessman why do you want to be president you know and honestly at that time he had no answers mm -hmm. and um it was very surprising to me. I, I mean, I felt like I could have written his responses, and I didn't get any. And he seemed totally bored with the idea. And I ended up wondering to myself, what are we doing here? Mm -hmm. And I think it was the next day he dropped out. Really? Did he get a picture of the two of you? <laughs> you know, I never did that. Uh, I know it's probably a mistake, but I always felt it was inappropriate to impose on yeah. uh, interview subjects for that sort of thing. Little, not much time left. Um, you're coming back on May 3rd. Tell I us am. what that's all about. Well, this is for Craft Alliance, which I just think is uh, such a uh, a landmark organization in St. Louis for the arts. 
and many, many people go there to take classes. I, I took several classes when I lived in St. Louis. I considered my pilot light that kept my interest in creating art alive for many years when I was really so busy with work and family that I didn't pursue it. Uh, but they do so much more, uh, outreach into the community, taking the arts into schools, bringing uh, children into their studios to see really professional level art being made. And they've just been a bulwark of uh, Del Mar for so many years. And so every year they have this party, the Maker's Ball. And this year it's called On Fire. And they're going to highlight uh, the many arts that use heat and fire to make art happen. And I think it's just going to be a wonderful event. That's on a Friday mm -hmm. night, May 3rd. You're, you're emceeing that event, yes, so I'm you're going to be very it. much your presence in that. We'll put information with regard to how oh, people please. can get involved in that please on do. our website at right. stlpublicradio.org. Well, it's been such a pleasure talking to you, Karen. Welcome home, if I oh, may put it that you. way. Yes. It's going to be good to see you again in a couple of weeks. Good. Well, thanks. you're going to be there then. Wonderful. Well, certainly going to try to be okay. there. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU.